0: If you're new to me and my story, I realized that yesterday or a couple of days ago, it's all blurring together, and this week I'm on workcation, so these will come out when they come out. I'm trying not to stress myself out on all these rules and release dates that I've set for myself and just enjoy a week of being a content creator without all of those upload rules. However, I realized that I mentioned something quite casually the other day, uh, that I'm 43 years old and 100% drug-free. Always have been, always will be. It's just simply me. It's how I'm wired. Thought I would talk about that. That seems to be a fascinating thing to people when they meet me or my wife tells them about this. So here's my story. Whether you're new or you've always been curious why I've decided to live my life 100% drug-free, I consider myself straight-edge, part of the straight-edge movement, For me, it's more of a souvenir of being a skateboarder and a punk rocker and the pride I take in what that ideology stands for. Those are my roots. That's where I come from. But the difference in me and a lot of my straight edge friends, I always made the decision to be drug free for myself. I already was drug free, discovered what straight edge was and said, wow, this is incredibly convenient. I can have a title. I can be part of this movement, and I don't have to feel weird for not going with the grain. I can easily feel like what I already wanted to do happens to be also the cool thing to do. One of those rare moments in life where the stars all align, probably a great thing for when you're 15 years old to be able to find that moment. It was never about a statement for me, and I guess that's why in the scene that I come from, as far as I know, I'm the last guy standing, meaning all of the kids that x up, all of the kids that went to punk rock shows that, that I hung out with in my small group back home in Louisville, Kentucky, I'm the last guy standing. I was never not doing something for a reason or a purpose. I was doing something for a reason. There's a big difference in not doing versus doing. So they were all not doing something. That they wanted to, and I was just doing what felt right. Being straight edge, being drug-free was never really a decision. It was just what I needed to do, and I'm very proud of this. I also realized that this late in life, I have an amazing memory. After 43 years of living and not participating in things that will, clinically proven, affect long-term, short-term memory, My memory is crystal clear. I can almost see every day that I've ever spent inside my head as if it were a TV show. I have been partially dishonest with you because I did have a small stretch of substance abuse. And it was when I was 14 and we were skateboarding one day. And I decided to do a little bandit, which is also the name of my race car, but happens to be a skull product. Skull, S-K-O-A-L. Sound pretty Kentucky when I say that word. And I did the little bandit in my bottom lip, a little bit of chew down there. And I went up on the quarter pipe that we were skateboarding. And as my body went up the transitions and felt the lack of gravity, my head started spinning from the rush of nicotine. I completely got dizzy. Everything kind of got that white matte look to it. I sat down on that little patch of grass between the street and the sidewalk, and I threw up beanie weenies, which I had just had for dinner everywhere. And it was that day that I decided enough was enough. I just did drugs for 15 seconds, and it was 15 seconds way too long for me. The vivid memory of that shows how pure my brain is. Like, I could literally right now, if I had the resources, I could shoot that day exactly like it happened and nail the lighting. I still remember the way the grass looked when the light was hitting it on that afternoon. It was probably, I'm going to ballpark it somewhere between 6.30 and seven o'clock on a summer uh, day. I mean, that's wild to have that memory. And obviously I'm joking. I mean, it really did happen, but that's far from being the reason why I decided to do this because the real reason is I'm an absolute 110% control freak. I love being in control. Nothing makes me happier than to know I'm in the driver's seat, both literally and figuratively in life. I always like to be a driver, hate being a passenger. I love being the guy who's running the podcast, running the video, hosting the music festival, MC on stage, like wherever I can get control in my life, I always take it. But I absolutely love being in control. And the thing that I fear most is losing control. It just absolutely scares me to not be able to control my own destiny. That's why I have to fly. And I mean 100% have to. Almost canceled a flight to a gig where I was making really good money last uh, December because I thought that the client had booked me in a middle seat on an airplane. I have to sit on the aisle. I have to be able to get up whenever I want to, and I have to be able to have the option to be highly vigilant if shit hits the fan. Losing control is my 100% biggest fear. Because I decided this lifestyle for me and not part of a fad, I'm still doing it because it's how I'm wired. And it's no judgment against you. See, this is the thing that really kind of drives me nuts about this decision is that my whole life, I've always had to convince other people that I'm not judging them, that I don't think that I'm better than them. I I mean, in fact, I feel that I was born with my party switch turned on in life. I, I don't need to loosen up. I don't need to, well, I do need to unwind, but I don't need to loosen up because I feel like I'm already beyond what society's agreed social etiquette is. Hang out with me, here are the things I say, see the way I behave and how I cross social boundaries all the time, and you'll wonder, what is this guy on? And that's just who I am. I'm already kind of holding on to trying to control, so why would I want to let go of any of that? It's never been, once again, about other people or about a movement. It's always just been a personal decision. And one of the things I learned early in life, people don't understand that. They don't respect that. And so when I got older and I started going to business meetings and people would try to buy you a drink because drinking is so tethered into business and our culture, I would just simply allude to being an alcoholic because I realized when I told people, like, oh, I'd really like to have a drink, but I can't, you know, three years. I would just throw out a number. People probably were like, how on and off is he? Because this number's different all the time because it was simply a lie, but it was a lie. To just not have to get into the whole conversation, quite honestly, to not spend the rest of that meeting with everybody being like, come on, man, just have one drink. Just, you know, loosen up, just have a drink because people respect that you're doing it because you can't versus you don't want to. And that has been something that's been mind boggling, but that's the way the world is. And I have learned to adapt because once again, being in control, I want to be in control of the conversation conversation. Don't want to have to spend the entire conversation talking about me and why I just don't want to have that drink with you. But I don't judge. I do not judge at all, but I also don't babysit. I don't hold back hair while you puke. I don't worry about you. You're an adult. If you go too far off the rails, that's all on you. And because I'm the sober one there, I'm not responsible for you. You are responsible for you. But I tell you what I do love being, I'm the proudest, happiest designated driver that you've ever met in your life. I've always tried to buy big vehicles that would hold as many friends as possible. And way back when, when I was a single guy, I had a pathfinder, a Nissan pathfinder that we nicknamed the party finder. And growing up in Louisville, Kentucky bars are open to 4 AM. So if you got at my house about 1130 at night, that's when the party finder set off and I would take all my friends out. They would get wild I would be the craziest one in the bunch after they got really drunk is when I would try to get them into shenanigans, and then I would drop them all off and come back home at 5 a.m. I guess I already knew that this is who I was. How people reacted to it, that was a bit of a wake-up call. The real lesson that I learned is I had to make sure to always let people around me know that these decisions were made for me, not for you. And so therefore, I'm not mad at you. I'm not judging you. I'm just going to make sure you get to where you need to go safe. And The rest is up to you as this is up to me.